right, what is up, everyone? This is the first episode of Drew Magic Talks podcast. Uh, today, we are going to be uh, covering something that's near and dear to my heart, which is professional wrestling. This is going to be a fairly uh, widespread variety channel where we talk about things from professional wrestling to uh, gaming to other nerd stuff. It's going to go all over the place. You, you think of it, and chances are we can do it. Um, and we'll go over a whole lot of, of neat in-depth topics. But today we're going to cover the uh, the past week or so in professional wrestling, talk a little bit about what's been going on, um, and just kind of, uh, you know, I'm going to toss my opinions out there and uh, some, some personal things that I think other people are thinking as well um, as to what's going on. But let's go ahead and hop right into this, and uh, we'll get to the first topics and... Uh, we're going to do five topics in this particular podcast. Uh, in future episodes, I'm going to try and do anywhere from three to five topics for whatever subject we're talking about. Uh, or if it's a mix of subjects, we do a mix of subjects, whatever whatever works. But let's go ahead and just uh, hop right in and have some fun. Yay! All right, so first up on the, uh, the subjects to talk about, we're going to talk about uh, Rey Mysterio versus Bobby Lashley from this past Monday night on Raw. Obviously, we are starting to see that Paul Heyman is getting some creative control, um, which is a good thing, in my personal opinion, um, but we'll get more into that later. But let's talk about this whole Rey Mysterio versus Bobby Lashley match, which, to be perfectly honest, was, uh, in my opinion, a disaster. Um, the fact that they had Rey Mysterio job to Lashley, and uh, I don't care what anyone says, he did job to him. That's basically what that was. There's no way that wasn't a job. Um, it was pretty bad seeing someone who's 100% going to be a future Hall of Famer um, job to someone who has absolutely no charisma whatsoever in that of Bobby Lashley. Um, it doesn't surprise me to see something like that because they're going to try and make Lashley look untouchable going into his match against Braun Strowman at Extreme Rules. Fully understand that and I get their purpose behind it. However, I think that uh, when you have someone like Bobby Lashley, you know, it, make Rey Mysterio job to him. Granted, Rey Mysterio is almost a foot shorter than him um, and probably roughly half of his weight. Uh, I, I still don't think it looks right. It's professional wrestling. You're not supposed to get completely squashed when you're putting a future Hall of Famer against um, basically something that looks like a thumb-thumb from uh, Spy, the Spy Kid movies. Um, Bobby Lashley is just a... Don't get me wrong, Lashley has talent. He's not terrible in the ring. My problem has to do with uh, the lack of charisma. Um, granted, I think that Leo Rush did compliment him by being able to uh, do the talking aspect of things. I think that Lashley needed uh, someone like a Paul Heyman like style voice, um, and he didn't get that. Um, he got Leo Rush, and now Leo Rush is not being put on TV because of, well, everyone already knows. Um, it, to me, just watching that match, it was very disappointing. It was very anticlimactic. Uh, it was highly unentertaining um, just seeing something like that happen. I think that there were much better ways to book that. I think they could have put Lashley against uh, someone a lot better, and they also could have put Rey Mysterio against someone a lot better um, to actually make an actual like entertaining match or two out of Monday Night Raw instead of some sort of uh, creative BS that just looks absolutely terrible. Um, I, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we get some sort of improvement over time, but right now looking at it, just based off of that, it looks like we're going to struggle a little bit uh, seeing some some creative stuff happen. But that's um, that's our first subject. 
pretty simple and straightforward. Uh, that was more so just an opinion of what I saw and a little bit of a warm up to kind of see, uh, you know, what else we can really get in depth of talking about. But let's go ahead and uh, talk about our next subject, which is going to be uh, the Street Profits call up to uh, the main roster. Now, I think this is cool because I like them. I think the Street Profits are awesome. Um, my primary issue is that WWE seems to be doing this thing um, where they put the tag team titles of NXT on a really good tag team and then like a month maybe two months into them having the belts they will just decide hey you know what would be a really good idea if we just took those guys and put them on the main roster and then just like didn't even worry about them being on NXT anymore um, and to me that was the biggest issue that I had because I look at it and I think that the Street Profits are going to end up getting the same treatment that the War Raiders got. Um, they get called up. They'll probably end up getting a name change for who knows what reason. Um, and then they'll end up wrestling a bunch of jobbers or they'll end up having a rivalry against the War Raiders, which will end up turning into just about nothing. Uh, and everyone will be disappointed. No one will be happy about it. It'll just be a complete disaster. I think that, uh, you know, as a tag team, they're phenomenal. I think as singles competitors, they could do okay. Um, but I think they work well as a tag team. But like I said, my biggest issue here is the fact that you have two guys that are very talented and work very, very well with the crowd of NXT. And you put the belts on them after they, you know, fought and struggled to get to that point where they were uh, being considered to be in contendership for that. And then what do you do? You go ahead and you just have them move up to the main roster and it's going to be another case where Vince takes his creative power and his final say and uh, he says you know what I don't think we're going to end up using these guys because they clearly aren't going to cut it on uh, on the main roster and uh, it's happened so many different times I don't know why the War Raiders aren't getting a better push because those guys are absolutely insane um, but for whatever reason Vince has decided that uh, it has to be such a better idea to go ahead and just have them only wrestle jobbers and, and be in terrible matches. Um, so the Street Profits, am I excited to see them? Yes. Do I think they're going to end up going anywhere? Sadly, no. Even though I would love to see them take the tag team titles, I don't think it's going to happen. But that's just me. Uh, moving on to our third subject here, we're going to be talking about, uh, and this is a fairly new, um, new subject that uh, I just started reading a little info on uh, tonight. And it is the contract status of Johnny Impact and LAX with uh, Impact Wrestling. And uh, the fact that they, they both lost their respective matches at uh, Slammiversary. Uh, I believe it was Slammiversary, if I remember correctly. Um, and whether or not they're going to re-sign with Impact or if they're gonna go somewhere else. Um, I think a lot of people are jumping ship from Impact because they're realizing that the company's days are very, very numbered now. Um, and you cannot blame them at all because with the introduction of AEW, uh, I think that that's going to basically be the uh, the final nail in the coffin for uh, Impact Wrestling. They're not going to be able to uh, compete uh, with, with something like AEW who has the financial backing and the uh, talent backing to them. Um, so I, I personally don't think that uh, Johnny Impact or Johnny Nitro, whatever you want to call him, Johnny Mundo, every single name under the sun that he came up with, um, 
I don't think that he's going to resign with Impact, and I don't think LAX is going to resign with Impact. However, if LAX did uh, resign with Impact, it would be significantly less surprising than Johnny Impact resigning uh, with Impact. But with that being said, where do I think these guys are going to go? Um, if they don't go to Impact and stay in Impact, I'm convinced that uh, John Morrison, uh, Johnny Impact, is going to end up going to AEW. He's been through WWE. Um, I, I think that he realizes if he signed back, he would probably get a decent contract, but he'd also probably be highly underutilized. And uh, I personally don't think that he would want to be underutilized considering his caliber of talent. His caliber of talent was wasted the last time he was in WWE, and I don't see a reason for him to go somewhere where he's going to be wasted uh, and basically just be wrestling dark matches and house shows. Uh, to me, that just seems kind of pointless, and they'd probably end up making him job to people like Bobby Lashley, who don't deserve to have people jobbing to him because they're not worth it. Um, as far as LAX goes, that's a little different. I personally think that if LAX were to sign with someone, they would end up signing with WWE because chances are WWE will offer them uh, a larger contract than AEW would. Um, I think AEW honestly would offer a lower number for Johnny Impact and for LAX. However, I think Johnny Impact is more likely to take a lower valued contract um, knowing what WWE is like and knowing how he'd be utilized, whereas him signing to AEW he would probably put in as one of their top stars, if not uh, a very high-level mid-carder. Um, the reason I see LAX going to WWE is that, uh, you know, I think that they'd probably do a little bit better in WWE overall. Um, most likely, when you look at it, you're going to see that LAX is going to be making more money in WWE, and I, I don't think that they're going to go to AEW because... Let's be realistic here. LAX has been around forever. They're not young guys anymore. Um, they want to make as much money as possible and probably retire. Um, so you put them into WWE and you get them that nice NXT contract because that's probably where, they're st where they'll start. Um, and then they're going to get the exact same treatment as the Street Profits. They're going to make their money. They're going to get their call up. They're probably going to go up and they're probably going to get underutilized. Um, wouldn't surprise me at all if it went down that way that's just kind of uh, the nature of it when it comes to wwe and signing any talent from you know outside companies um they get a hold of someone they underutilize them and then it just completely goes down the drain but they start off pumping them up in nxt making them look like they're super you know fantastic and awesome which most of the people are don't get me wrong um but then they end up putting them up to the main roster and doing you know, next to nothing with them, which is very disappointing because it, it shouldn't be like that. Um, but personally, if I were to pick uh, where these guys are going, like I said, I think that uh, Johnny Impact would probably sign with AEW. And I think LAX would sign uh, with WWE. Don't get me wrong. I think the LAX could sign with AEW as well. However, um, from a number standpoint, like I said, I think LAX wants to make some money. Um, and, and, you know, they could make money in AEW. Don't get me wrong but they're going to get offered probably a lower number. Um, and then on top of that, you're going to basically see them struggle because right now AEW is not uh, putting out a huge, gigantic talent pool. Um, 
like they, they have a lot of talent but the problem is they can't utilize all of it and that's one of the big problems that i see with the company is that they they can't utilize all the talent that they have um, which is going to be a large struggle for them because if you can't utilize all of your talent you're going to find that people are going to be very upset very quickly uh, because they they sign contracts to wrestle and if they're not wrestling <laughs> then what's the point of being there um, but that is our third topic uh, being the the Johnny Impact and LAX contract uh, debate. Like I said, I don't see either of them personally uh, re-signing to Impact Wrestling, but if one of them did, I think it would be LAX if I were to pick out of the, uh, the two. But let's move on to our uh, fourth topic here, which is going to be uh, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff doing creative things for WWE. This is something that uh, the wrestling world was kind of really surprised by, I think. I don't think a lot of people expected it, uh, which is a good thing. I, I think whenever WWE does something good that's unexpected, that uh, generally it's, it's a solid plan. Um, when they do things that are unexpected that just seem really bad in nature, it's always a disaster every single time. Um, there's very few times though where someone who does something crazy for WWE ends up, uh, you know, making making some sort of like above par or below par impact. It, it it's very wishy washy as to how uh, things go. But when someone does something good, usually they're they're getting a very big push for it. And when someone does something completely you know terrible in the eyes of uh, creative or Vince, then it's just kind of completely pushed to the side, don't even worry about them anymore kind of thing. Um, but I think that uh, Paul Heyman is a really good decision to have. Um, he, he, his creative mind is a lot different than most people's are. Um, when you look at a lot of people who are writers for WWE, for example, uh, and there are going to be plenty of shots you know, fired in this just one particular person, um, people like Freddie Prince Jr., uh, he's not a professional wrestling writer. He is a TV and movie writer. He should not be writing professional wrestling. There is absolutely no reason to have somebody like that writing professional wrestling who, to be perfectly honest, does not know the first thing about it or how to plan a proper wrestling storyline. Paul Heyman knows exactly how to plan a professional wrestling storyline. Paul Heyman knows how to actually talk in a microphone and convey a message to uh, professional wrestling fans, which I think is very important, um, the fact that he can do that. And he's taught so many people and mentored so many people over the years who have come out to be gigantic stars because he just knows how to get behind people and really show them where their strengths are and get them to capitalize on their strengths. And to me, that's very important. So personally, Paul Heyman, phenomenal decision. Now, we'll go on to the other end of the stick, which is Eric Bischoff. Um, very interesting choice by WWE. I, I honestly, 100%, I cannot be very sure on this decision. I'm not a huge fan of it, personally. I'm not a gigantic Eric Bischoff fan. Um, I think that... You know, all the things from WCW and TNA, I, looking at it, can he write some storylines? Sure, but I don't think that he should honestly be doing much of anything creative-wise. Um, WWE could have picked a lot of other people that would have been significantly better to help with cre the creative portion of things. But would I have gone with Eric Bischoff? Probably not. Um, 
at that point, it's like you're taking it outside higher when you have so many people on the inside that can do significantly better of a job. Uh, and to me, that just screams red flags. And the fact that uh, the, the TV networks are already up in arms about the fact that uh, WWE kind of just tossed Eric Bischoff in the mix and didn't convey too much of a message about it uh, or really explain that that was going to be happening, uh, I can see why <laughs> as a tv network you'd be upset that's kind of ridiculous um but that's just me um i think bischoff is very wishy-washy i'm not 100 percent sure as to how that's gonna go um but we'll see i think Heyman, like i said Heyman, good choice bischoff i'm very fit like 50 50 on um that's a very tough decision to make <clears throat> so we will move on to our last subject here um, which is one that a lot of people have been talking about already for the last uh, couple weeks in that of the uh, Sean Spears chair shot um, to Cody Rhodes from Fighter Fest. Um, very, very interesting, interesting situation there. And, you know, there are people who are really going in-depth and uh, kind of overanalyzing this more than they need to. Now, there were comments made by, you know, the Young Bucks and Tony Khan uh, about this particular spot, claiming that uh, the chair was gimmicked and that it was supposed to, you know, function properly and it was just a bad spot gone wrong. Um, personally, I, I, after watching, you know, the, the clip probably 50 times in a row, um, I think it's more than, you know, a, a gimmicked chair gone wrong spot um to me the way that it looked it was like a total like completely i don't want to say it was unprofessional on sean spears part because i'm not going to put him at blame for this um his job was to literally swing the chair that was his only job and he did his job um my issue is the fact that you don't you don't you didn't put your hands up for a chair shot um properly <coughs> excuse me um, in so many forms of professional wrestling currently they really outlaw the uh, whole like full on actual head chair shot thing because of the CTE issue and I think that's very important for companies to do but for whatever reason in this particular scenario they opted to uh, do something completely different that resulted in a complete uh, bloodbath. Uh, basically, the two matches that Cody Rhodes has been involved in in his time in AEW have been uh, complete and utter bloodbaths, which kind of shocks me. Um, I like my extreme wrestling. Don't get me wrong. I think extreme wrestling can be very, very cool. I think some of the things that these people can plan is above and beyond phenomenal and entertaining. However, this particular spot, because this wasn't even in a quote-unquote extreme rules match, uh, this particular spot, I think, was a little over the top. I, I don't think it was fully necessary. I think that there could have been so many different things that could have been done that would have looked equally uh, as good, if not better. Um, they could have done, you know, still chair shots, but made it safer. Um the fact that, you know, you, you may think that it's a gimmick chair, but then you have a guy still not, you know, quote, kind of put his hands up. It, to me, it just didn't look professional at all. Um, I think there were a lot of problems wrong with it. 
Like I said, I'm not blaming Sean Spears. I think the guy's phenomenally talented. I think Cody Rhodes is absolutely phenomenally talented. And I think that uh, they're going to have a fantastic rivalry. I think that, uh, you know, when they do wrestle, that it will definitely be contender for match of the night because both of them in the ring uh, are very, very good performers. And granted, we haven't seen an excessively large amount of mic skills from Sean Spears in the last several years while he was with WWE. Um, at least with Cody, we know that, you know, minus the lisp that he happened to get from his father, um, he can at least convey his message through, you know, words, which I think is really important. Uh, that's going to be the biggest challenge with AEW is whether or not their wrestlers are going to be very vocal or not. Um, I think that some of them have a phenomenal opportunity to do so. It's just about whether or not they actually convey their message properly. If you want a prime example, uh, look at Monday Night Raw from either this week or last week uh, in which you had AJ Styles uh, versus Ricochet. And they did the whole back. I think it was. I think it was this past week, or it was the week before. Um, but anyways, they did the whole backstage promo where AJ Styles slaps Ricochet, and Ricochet slaps AJ Styles. And in that exchange, Ricochet looked like he was in probably the most uncomfortable position um, that he could have ever been in, minus having a couple fingers up his backside. Um, he he honestly looked like he was very very uncomfortable where he was, and uh, did not seem to to fit very well with the whole promo and talking portion of things. Um, to me, that's a big issue. When I watch wrestling, I think that a promo can make or break your character. Um, you look at some of the classic professional wrestlers who have made a name off of promoing between The Rock, Stone Cold, John Cena, Hulk Hogan, um, go down the line, even Undertaker, even those promos have always been very generic. They've always been um, something that's very, very addicting and it drags you in and you want to watch it um so whether or not you know some of these guys in aew can convey that kind of message is questionable we'll obviously find that out over time and it'll be something interesting that i think everyone will be uh very excited to see but that uh that to me personally uh, that chair shot i think was a little uh a little too too far into the deep end of things that should have been done I think that, like I said, there were plenty of other better things that they could have done and uh, made it look a whole lot more professional um, and obviously been significantly more safe because when you have to get uh, a large amount of stitches in the back of your head um, or staples, I think you got staples, I'm sorry, um, it, it just, it, to me, that just screams, you know, extremely dangerous and, and future future CTE issues. Uh, there's there's so much that goes into it. Cody Rhodes, I think, is really lucky they didn't get a concussion out of it because a chair shot like that, he probably should have uh, because that was a wicked chair shot. Uh, don't get me wrong, when I first saw the video, uh, my jaw dropped. Uh, then this, by the probably the third or fourth time, I kind of laughed. Um, and then by about the tenth time that I was watching it, I was thinking to myself, wow, this was a terrible mistake to be doing a spot like that. Um, but that is uh, the last subject on our, uh, our five topics for today. I wanted to keep it uh, fairly brief for the uh, first episode so we could just go in depth on some some cool little topics but hopefully you guys uh, thoroughly enjoyed this I'm going to make sure that I'm doing a podcast uh, at least once a week where I'm going to be talking about things for professional wrestling to uh, video games to uh, the fact that I perform close-up magic tricks at birthday parties and weddings um, it, it's going to be such a variety channel there's going to be so many things to talk about I'm going to have special guests come on um, I'll pro I have a couple friends who are who I'm pretty close with who are very well-known indie wrestlers here in uh, New England um, 
and I'll be able to interview them and talk to them and, you know, just go really in depth and uh, have some good conversations with everyone. So hope you guys enjoyed this. If you did, uh, obviously make sure you start following this, uh, this podcast, checking everything out more in depth and, uh, really, really watching and tuning in, uh, to the cool stuff that we have coming. But this is Drew Magic Talks, uh, and you guys will be seeing plenty more of me in the future. For right now, though, we are signing off.